Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Good morning. The theme for this summer here at Arlington Street Church is Take Up the Song. And this is how it was described to me. We are looking at what calls us to practice our UU values and principles in everyday life or the wider world, or alternatively, how to listen to and for that song within ourselves. I will admit that sometimes I feel very constrained when I am told what to preach about. Am I Unitarian or what? But this time, I was excited to read the sermon topic looking at what calls us to practice UU values in life, figuring out how to listen to and for our song. In my last summer before becoming a UU minister, this is exactly what I want to be focusing on. These are exactly my questions for the universe. And over the summer, I have been searching far and wide for the answers. My spiritual journey has taken me some interesting places. The studio of a life coach, a tiny island off the coast of New Hampshire, and a Buddhist monastery in Taiwan. Maybe some of you have heard the term walkabout before. It's an Australian Aboriginal phrase for a wandering rite of passage guided by the paths of the ancestors. These formative dreaming and journeying trails are also called song lines. I hope that you don't mind joining me as I trace my own walkabout, the song lines that I followed as I explored this idea of listening for and singing our songs. It starts with the reading that came directly to mind when I first saw the sermon topic in my inbox. It's one of my favorites by David Blanchard, and it is called, fittingly, Listening for Our Song. He writes, On sabbatical in East Africa, I heard a story of a people who believe that we are each created with our own song. Their tradition as a community is to honor that song by singing it as a welcome when a child is born, as a comfort when the child is ill, in celebration when the child marries, and in affirmation and love when death comes. Most of us are not welcomed into the world in that way. Few of us seem to know our song. It takes a while for many of us to figure out which is our song and which is the song that others would like us to sing. Some of us are slow learners. I heard my song not necessarily from doing extraordinary things in exotic places, 
but also from doing some pretty ordinary things in some routine places. For every phrase I heard climbing Kilimanjaro, I heard another in a chair in a therapist's office. For every measure I heard in the silence of retreat, I heard another laughing with my girls. For every note I heard in the wind on the beach at Lamu, I gleaned more from spending time with a dying friend as her children sang her song back to her. What came to astound me was not that the song appeared, but that it was always there. I figure that the only way I could have known it for my own was if I had heard it before, before memory went to work making sense and order of the mystery of our beginning. Our songs sing back to us something of our essence, something of our truth, something of our uniqueness. When our songs are sung back to us, it is not about approval, but about recognizing our being and our belonging in the human family. It is good to know our songs by heart for those lonely times when the world is not singing them back to us. That's usually a good time to start humming to yourself that song that is most your own. They can be heard as songs of love or of longing, songs of encouragement or comfort, songs of struggle or of security. But most of all, they are the songs of life, giving testimony to what has been, giving praise for all we're given, giving hope for all we strive for, giving voice to the great mystery that carries each of us in and out of this world. There ends the reading. So each of us has a song, which is something like our soul, and we can learn bits of it along our journey, and we can lose track of it as we start comparing our lives to the lives of those around us, as we get separated from our values or start to lose our voice in the world. I started meeting with a life coach when I began to feel disconnected from my true self. My life wasn't matching the lives of those around me, and somehow this really threw me off. I began to feel off track, off center, Together, we made a chart with a series of steps on it. These were things I had to work on to get myself back to center. The first one was a sense of grounding. Higher up on another step was opening the voice. As someone who studies religions, I was thrilled when my life coach, who actually used to be a UU minister herself, started talking about the chakras and how if I wanted to, we could do some work with chakras and chanting that was related to the steps I was working on. We were on an empty beach, and we stood facing the waves as we intoned these sacred sounds together. Our voices intertwined. They reverberated at particular points in my body. I could feel myself opening. Let me tell you about two chakras. The first is the root chakra. 
The root chakra is about being physically there and feeling at home in situations. If it is open, you feel grounded, stable, and secure. You feel present in the here and now and connected to your physical body. You feel you have sufficient territory. The second is the throat chakra. The throat chakra is about self-expression and talking. When it is open, you have no problems expressing yourself. What I didn't realize as we were standing on that beach was that what she was helping me to do that day and all the other days that we met was to find my song again. She was helping me to reconnect with that familiar tune when I had lost track of it. The steps on that chart are steps that I think everyone would benefit a little from working on. Increasing a sense of stability and security and rootedness, which I now see as listening for our song, and then finding a way to open the voice in order to share our song more fully with the world. David Blanchard says, our songs sing back to us something of our essence, something of our truth, something of our uniqueness. Another step on my journey took me back to a familiar spiritual home for me, Star Island. In June, I was the Minister of the Week at a conference there, and I decided to share what I had learned about chakras with my little lantern-lit congregation. We filled the tiny stone chapel with the sound of our chanting, and again I felt that sense of grounding, of opening. Each night for a week, we worshipped together in the little chapel and lived together on the island. I think we were all rejuvenating and getting back in touch with our songs there. Toward the end of the week, I spent some time with a little four-year-old girl named Isabel. She had a way of describing things that made me smile. I really wanted her to walk around with me all day and just tell me what she saw in the world because it was so magical. One night at a bonfire, she was tasting s'mores for the first time. When she got to a burnt part of the marshmallow, she wrinkled her brow and said, Mommy, it tastes like rotten caramel. I loved it. At breakfast one morning, her mother was explaining to her that we call the people who work on the island all summer pelicans. It was the Pels who were serving us breakfast. Are we Pels? she asked her mother. No, her mother explained, we're not Pels. But you know, you could be a Pel when you grow up. That might be really neat. Isabel sat in silence for a few moments and then furrowed her brow again. But Mama, what if I forget? she asked. Well then, I can remind you her mother said. Perhaps you're wondering what all this has to do with souls and songs, but walkabouts are not linear. So just hold on to that for me for a bit. As we march on to the next destination on my journey, halfway around the world at the Fo Guang Shan Buddhist Monastery in Taiwan. 
here living with the monks and nuns for a month, here practicing meditation and tai chi daily, here keeping silence for an entire week and going on a pilgrimage to the top of a mountain, prostrating every three steps, here certainly I would find the answers to the questions of how to live my values, how to connect with and share my soul. But there were some major stumbling blocks. For one thing, Buddhists, although they have many ideas and precepts about living your values, do not believe in souls. For another, we were so busy learning how to walk right and eat right and stand right and sit right and dress right to conform to the monastery that my own song seemed to be slipping away. One thing that seemed to keep me connected to myself was writing about my experiences and sending emails home with my stories about monastic life. In return, I would get encouraging notes back from friends and family and a lot of you here. Thank you. They commented on my adventures and my outlook on life. They asked me questions about what I was learning and reminded me to stay positive and keep my sense of humor. They challenged me and they affirmed my journey. I wrote in my journal, I guess I shouldn't be so attached to these affirmations, but since we're always in uniform and part of a group, it's almost hard to maintain a sense of self here. I guess it's pretty ironic to be concerned with this while studying Buddhism, which teaches no self. But really, I'm coming to understand it more as no self as separate from others. So for the month at the monastery, I struggled deeply with the philosophical ideas of self and no self, but all the while, I kept getting those notes from home. Those emails were like little reminders about who I was, who I want to be, who I can be when I'm being my best self. They were full of people singing my song back to me. I wonder if you have also had those times when a friend or loved one has been able to reconnect you to your song by reminding you of who you are to them. Or maybe you have had someone like a life coach who could help you with tools to get you back to center, to that familiar tune of who you are and want to be. In her book, Amethyst Beach, Reverend Barbara Merritt writes, now I'm not one for affirmations. Saying something doesn't make it so. But recently a dear friend of mine read to me some affecting lines from an unknown author. They went something like this. It's time somebody told you that you are lovely, good, and real. That your beauty can make hearts stand still. It's time somebody told you how much they love you and need you how much your spirit helped set them free, how your eyes shine full of light. It's time somebody told you. Merritt says, often we are too busy, too distracted to listen to what our loved ones have to tell us. They offer all kinds of radical and startling opinions about our place in the divine scheme of things. 
She goes on, messages that I can almost hear include, it's time someone told you that with all your flaws and weaknesses, you are an extraordinary person, well worth knowing. It's time someone told you that you are not on this earth to impress anyone, to dazzle us with your success, to conquer all obstacles with your competence, or to offer one brilliant solution after another. We are happy you are here with the rest of us struggling souls. We are all striving to be as faithful as we can be to truth as we understand it. No more is required. It's time someone told us that we are all valued and infinitely worthwhile, and it's time we believed it. Well, Barbara might not be one for affirmations, but I am. How else are we supposed to reconnect with our song when we have lost the tune, if we do not have people around us to remind us who we are and who we can be? What a gentle way to become grounded again, to reconnect with our values by hearing a reminder from someone about who you are to them. Of course, there are times to be self-reliant, but sometimes it's hard to stay connected to our song, to hum along during periods of so much silence. And in those times, it helps to have that song sung back to us, to be reminded of our best selves, of who we are and who we can be. We hear our songs not necessarily from doing extraordinary things in exotic places, but also from doing some pretty ordinary things in some routine places. We learn our life lessons this way as well, at least I do. So the biggest spiritual lesson that I learned on my walkabout didn't come from the monastery at all but from the breakfast table, sitting next to Isabel. But Mama, what if I forget? Well then, I can remind you. Amen, and blessed be. <laughs>